Man, you are the real church people the weekend after Easter. <laughs> the real church people. So we welcome you to Skybreak, whether you're in the room or online somewhere watching this at a later date. We're so happy to have you. Welcome home. If, if you're new to church, we love to say welcome home. If you're, if you're just coming back, well, welcome home. Been two years. Where you been? <laughs> and uh, I was on an airplane this week, and I landed to connect to another flight. And when I landed, my email went off and said, "American Airlines and the Feds have just dismissed the mask. You don't have to wear your mask." Boy, I took that sucker off on that airplane so fast. Everybody's looking at me. I said, "Here it is, right here. You don't have to wear it anymore." Now, if you're wearing them, we love you. It's okay. Do, I'm not saying that condescending. I was just glad to have it off. I can't breathe. <sighs> Start hyperventilating. That's just me, okay? And, but now there's people that need to wear them, and I get that, so I don't mean to, I just had to tell you I felt relieved, you know? It was, it was great to be the first to tell the news, like, you don't have to wear it anymore. Anyway, that's not in my sermon, but felt good talking about it. Welcome back. At Skybreak Church, we firmly believe, and I believe this since God spoke it to me when I was 15 years old, I believe and we believe that the life God has for you is anything but ordinary. God's got so much in store. Jesus said it in John 10, 10, I came that you could have life and that life to the full, extraordinary life. And I believe that. I believe it for myself. I believe it for my family. I believe it for you. It's ours. While we're on planet Earth, we know when Jesus comes, life's going to be full. <laughs> There's no problem there. We don't, we don't need salvation once we get there. All of that's complete. But here is different. However, chances are, in a room like this and people watching from where you're watching from, chances are many are living very ordinary lives and oftentimes it's just not that fulfilling. Now throughout the Bible, God has made promises to us. There's scores of promises throughout the scripture and he's made these promises to his people, to us. And I want you to recognize and really embrace the fact that all of these promises are still true. They remain true today. Now, there's four specific promises I want to talk about that God gave us, and, and it clearly shows us how to find and live satisfied and fulfilled. Now, if you're part of Skybreak, you should know these promises by heart. We got them written on the door. We've got them. They, they've been, we've talked about these for years. So if you're a part of Skybridge, you should know what these four promises are and where to find them written in scripture. However, if you're new to Skybridge, let me share them with you today. Because these promises, these four specific ones are the bedrock and, and they define the core mission of our church. All right? Here's the first promise. Exodus chapter 6 Verse six, God says to the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will bring you out. Everybody say out. 
I'll bring you out from under the bondage of the Egyptians. God's saying, I just want to get you out of wherever you are, out of those current conditions that you find yourself in. God says, I want you out of your failures, out of your brokenness, out of your addictions, out of your past that keeps coming along haunting behind you. I promise to get you out, God says. Everybody say out. That's the first promise. The second promise God has for all of us is also Exodus 6 and verse 6. He gives them to his people, the Israelites. He says, once I get you out, I will free you from being slaves. Everybody say free. God got his people out of slavery. Then, as so often happens, he has to get the slavery out of us. He had to get slavery out of the Israelites. They had been there for 400 years. There was a generation of people, several in fact, that had grown up in slavery mentality by the Egyptians. And so he had to get them out of that. He had to set them free now from all of that. He said, you're simply still thinking like a slave. You're simply acting like a slave. You're still talking like a slave. And even though you don't have a master anymore, I've got you out of Egypt. The stuff in your life is still telling you what to do. And that's so true with so many Christians. We get saved, we're on our way to heaven, but the junk and the history and the addictions and the past and the wrong decisions, they're all still haunting us and we need to be free of that. You need to be free from those things. And that's God's second promise to you. Now, God's third promise to us is also found in Exodus chapter 6. And he says, once I get you out and once I get you free, I will, don't be afraid afraid of this church word, right? This biblical word. He says, I will redeem you. Everybody say redeem. redeem. Everyone say restore. Now, that's a good word that you can comprehend, right? That's restore. So, so the word redeem in this translation here means to put you back to your original intent. That's what God wants to do. Let me say it this way. He's simply saying, I want you to know why you exist. Sadly, there was a survey taken some years ago by Fuller Theological Seminary that found, and this has only been in the last 20 years, they found that 87%, almost nine out of 10 Christians never get to this promise of living restored. They get stuck on promise two, always trying to get free of their past and their addictions and their habits. So they one step forward, two steps back. Eighty-seven 87% never live fully restored to be who God calls you to be. That's a mission we're on here at Skybreak Church. A, a target, a core value is to tell you we want to help people get free so you can live fulfilled, so you can live restored, so you can be who God's called you to be. We want you free of the junk in your life that's accumulated over your lifetime. Someone said it this way. said there's two great days in your life. The day you were born and the day you discover why. The day you were born and the, dis- and the day you discover why. That's what growth track is all about. And you hear us talk about it till we're blue in the face. But growth track is your open door to help you discover how and why God made you. 
Somebody ought to be lining up to go to growth track right now. Like, I'm in. I want to know. So God wants to get you out. He wants you free. He wants you restored. And then promise number four is also in Exodus chapter six. God says, I will take you as my own people. Everybody say my own. God is telling you that. I'll take you as my own people and I'll be your God. And then once you become my people and you see me as your God and you're coming out and you're getting free and you're restored and you're doing what I've called you to do and you're living the fulfilled life, you will begin to understand the God that I can be and want to be to you and through you. Now here's what's interesting. In promise number four, from this point on, God speaks to them collectively, not as an individual. The first three promises, he says, it's about you. I want to get you out. I want to set you free. I want to restore you. But then in promise number four, he says, I'm going to make you a people. My people. Everybody say my people. He, he, he speaks to all of us together. Why? Because he connects you into a group. He makes us a family. You know what we call it around here? We call Skybreak our family of I want to make sure I know what I'm saying. It's our family of choice. Say it with me. Our family of, I have to love my blood brothers. I didn't have a choice. Y'all still with me? You'll say, well, I don't have to love my brothers. <laughs> I, I'm, maybe I should say that differently. My blood brothers, I got three of them. They're my brothers whether I like it or not. But the people in this room, you're my brother. And I told a guy at the airport just the other day when I was coming back home. He's a, a business guy in town. Man, I, I'm so used to doing this, and I mean it because it's just who I am. I, we got our luggage at the airport here in town, and, and I, looked, I said, man, I called him by name. Shook his hand. I said, man, I love you. He goes, man, I love you too, Pastor. <laughs> he's not my brother, but he's my brother of choice. You know what Skybreak is? It's my family of We're in this together. God speaking collectively. Get you out, free you, redeem you, so we can become the people, the body, the family, the church of God right here in College Station. So here's the, here's the four promises. Let me define them the way we say them here at Skybreak. The first promise is to know God, right? He wants to get you out. He just wants to save you. He wants you to begin a relationship with him. So we say, know God. We want you to know God. And guess what? My whole life, I'm getting to know God. God spoke to me this morning, reminded me again. Rains came, winds blew, but my house was built on you. Man, that was like God just talking, right? I want to know you. I want to know that God. The second promise is finding freedom. You're still saved, but you're saved. You're saved, but you're still thinking like a slave. This is what this is what small groups is all about. Everybody say small groups. Small groups help you build meaningful relationships to be supportive and give accountability to help us grow and mature. It is our community within the church. Psychologists have studied human behavior and found that most human beings operate and live at any particular time in their life, no matter age, live within a sphere of about 30 to 35 people. 
Every one of us, I don't care if the church is 35 or 350 or 3,500 or 35,000. You said the church is too big. The church is never too big or too little. You're in a group of about 35 people, no matter. If there's 70 people in the church, you're not going to know everybody. If there's 700, you're not going to, but you're going to know about 35 people, work and family and friends and neighbors, about 35 people at any point in time in your life. That's called your group. Find the right group. Get in the right group. Meet the right group. D- d- define and clear the ri- clarify the right community. Y'all still with me? Y'all not amening me enough here. I'm doing better preaching than you're amening right now. You know, it's like sometimes I sit down to eat and I get, I'm really hungry and I'm just going, <laughs> and my wife, she'll tell you, I eat like fast. And it's, my father-in-law used to, my father-in-law used to say, he went on to heaven a few years ago. He used to say, Danny, I just love to watch you, you eat because you're on a mission. <laughs> I'm like, well, am I offending you? He goes, no, it's entertaining. I'm like, well, just keep watching. Take a ticket. <laughs> but it's like eating and not telling the cook. When you don't say, come on, pastor, or amen, or man, that's good, or I like that. It's like you're eating, but you're not telling the cook. That was good. We, we ate at a restaurant this week, and Janet went back and told the cook. She said, that's the best sauce I've ever had on a steak in my life. And the whole thing cheered. The whole kitchen cheered. That made that cook. Y'all need to tell the preacher when he's doing good sometimes, everybody. Come on. What the heck are we doing here? <laughs> And by the way, if you missed last week's message, <laughs> all I got to say, if you missed it, you missed it, but you can watch it. You need to go watch it when you tune everything out. Get your frame right, okay? All right, everybody. So, so know God, find freedom, discover purpose. Everybody say that with me. God wants to restore you back to your original intent so you can know why you're born. And then the fourth promise is to make a difference. Make a difference. Living life to the full. You'll never, you'll never find complete joy and capture that extraordinary life God has for you until you're using your gifts on a team with other people making an eternal difference. You'll never find deep, fulfilling joy until you're using who God called you to be and designed you to be together with other people using their gifts to fulfill an eternal purpose, which is what we all are here to do, and that's get people to heaven. Now, that's God's promises to every one of us, and if your life isn't so fulfilling, I'm here to tell you, reclaim your promises today. That's a good chance to say that's a good preacher clap. Hey, man, that was a good chance to do that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> now, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, let's, let's shift for a second. Ephesians 2 says God saved you by his grace. Now, if you're not saved today, you're going to have that opportunity here in a little bit. I'm going to give that to you. We're going to pray with you about that. But if you are saved, the Bible says he saved you by his grace when you did what? When you believed. And you can't take the credit for it. Because it's a gift from God. (laughs) You didn't earn it. You can't deserve it. He just gives it to us. God's saying, I'm going to give you salvation. And your only step is to believe. Your your only step is just to surrender. Now, Jared Ayers told us last week that 133 people made that decision and invited Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life. 95 adults and like 30-something children gave their life to Jesus last weekend. They said yes. (laughs) That's awesome, everybody. Come on. 
So if, so though, if salvation is free, why then does the Bible talk about all the things I'm supposed to do? Well, we got to understand that there's two things. Listen to me. Grace is what God gives you, but then there's also the works of a believer. By grace are you saved. It's free. You can't deserve it. But then Jesus tells us there's some things you need to start doing different. Jesus gives us the gift of salvation. He erases our past so we can make a fresh start as we began the process of becoming a fulfilled Christian. Now, you got to get this. It's so important. And he doesn't want us to mix the two grace and works together. You, you got to keep them separate. That's why he says in Philippians chapter 2, work hard. Everybody say that with me. Work hard. Say it with me again. To show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Not work hard to get saved, but once you're saved by the free gift of God, then work hard to show the results of your salvation. In other words, now it's time to get to work on some of the things in your life that need changing. Philippians 2.13, the next verse says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So now that you get saved, like those 133 did last week, you get saved. Now, though, the change can begin. And now the work starts. And listen to me. It will be a work in progress the rest of your life. Finding freedom and living out purpose and living fulfilled, making a difference. You're going to spend the rest of your life stepping back with a struggle of some old past thought or issue. And like, I need freedom. I need somebody praying with me. I need somebody fasting with me. I need a sermon to help me. God's going to, I need to read the scripture and God's going to keep setting you free. It's a constant struggle. The struggle's real. Why? Because you still live in your flesh. <laughs> Salvation is instant, but change is a process. And the change process is going to take the rest of your Christian life. So God says, I'll give you new desires to live by and a ho the Holy Spirit to give you power to do it. But you're going to have to do the work. Look at your neighbor and say, do the work. No, you got to get that, my little short stubby finger, you got to get that finger. Do the work. Y'all not obeying your pastor here today. <laughs> do the work. You have to do the work. Now, let me explain all this to you. Why is salvation free? And then what's the work all about? You need to know that you are a three-part person. You are body, soul, and spirit. We are body. The body is the physical house you live in, the flesh, right? The body likes to eat. The body has lusts. The body has unhealthy appetites of all kinds. And if your body is in charge, you'll end up with a life you don't like. We're also a soul. That's your mind, your will, and emotions, right? It's your feelings. The soul is our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions, and they're up and down. And you don't want your soul, man, leading your life either, because feelings and emotions will often lead you to a place you don't want to live. You're all over the place. Like, ah, you know, 
I cried one day. Man, and then I'm, take, I'm taking on the world today, and then tomorrow I don't even know how to get out of bed. It's your feelings. You can't let your soul lead your life. But that's part of who you are. You are a body, you are a soul, and then thirdly, we are a spirit. Now the spirit is your eternal self, which incidentally is most like God and was created in his image, and humans are the only ones who have a spirit. God made you in his image like him. You are a spiritual creature eternally forever. Now, here's the connection. When you get saved, your spirit man is reborn. When you get saved, that's what the term born again is talking about in John 3 when Nicodemus came to Jesus. How can I re-enter into my mother's womb? He's trying to, he's confused. And Jesus said, no, no, you're missing the whole point. It's a spiritual birth. It's the third part of you. It's the eternal part of you that gets reborn. You were born, you had a spirit when you came out of your mother's womb. You had a spirit when you were conceived in your mother's womb. That spirit began to give life to you. But now you need rebirth through the blood of Jesus accepting him. So when you get reborn, y'all missed a good place to clap there. Some of you are like, I want to clap. Oh, I don't know if I should do that. I don't want to clap. I don't know. <laughs> all right. I'm getting y'all all confused, aren't I? This is fun. When you get saved, your spirit is reborn. Your sin is washed away. And now you can enter into the presence of God. That's the first promise. But the connection is your body and your, your soul hasn't taken the journey yet. That's why some people can get saved and still cuss like a sailor. I know some people that are saved still cussing like a sailor. And I'm like, you need to go get saved again and get, get your, y'all all right there? You know what, my, you know what my, my, my grandmother said? Who invented cuss words anyway? I'm like, well, I don't know. And so she just used a few of them. I don't know. That was before me. <laughs> but when you get saved, yes, you're on your way to heaven, but now the struggle gets real because your spirit man is reborn. It's ready to go to heaven, but your thinking, your soul, your emotions, your will, and the, the cravings of your house, your body, your flesh, the struggle, follow God, do what I want. Follow God, do what I want. Fulfill my appetite, hear the Holy Spirit. You still have issues, you still have lust, you still have habits, you still fight depression. So now we've gotta get your spirit man stronger than your flesh and soul man. Are you with me, right? So, because you, you don't want your body or your soul in charge. They do a terrible job at leading your life. When your body's in charge, it doesn't care how it makes you, your soul feel. I'll sleep with whoever I want. I'll just do whatever I want. I don't take care. I, 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 it doesn't matter. I, I don't care how it makes you feel. If it makes you feel dirty, I want to do that. It doesn't matter. It's okay. When your soul is in charge, it doesn't care what it does to your body. You're depressed. You feel like it's the end of the world. You have no reason to live. Just take your life. Just end your life. Just, just kill yourself. It doesn't care that it destroys the body. Your soul doesn't care that. So you definitely want your spirit man leading your life. 
From this point on, you need the spirit man. That's why 2 Corinthians says, we are, we are being transformed. Everybody say being. The reason you come to church, the reason you're watching online, the reason you need community, the reason you need a fellowship of people that hug you and love you and look you eye to eye is because you are in the process. You are being, I am being transformed into the person God designed me to be. So when you get saved, the body and the soul have issues they bring along with them and some call it baggage. We have a past that won't let go. Anybody know what baggage is? Yep, baggage. We all got it, carrying it around. Now, that leads us to my main talk for a few minutes here today, and that is, this is the main reason that we get water baptized. Everybody say baptism. When we get water baptized, we are burying our old nature so we can start over as a new person. When someone dies, you bury them. You put them in a tomb, in a grave. You bury that. It's also going public with my faith. You can get saved by raising a hand or praying a prayer. No one really may know. But when you get water baptized, you're before everyone saying, I'm announcing Jesus as Lord of my life. I'm going into baptism. Old things passed away. All things become new. So Romans, Paul's teaching the church, and he says, therefore we're buried with Christ in baptism, as into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God the Father, even so we can walk in a new life when you come out of the baptismal tank. So today, we're gonna give you an opportunity to be baptized. Now this is also why we encourage small groups at Skybreak Church because it's where we get connected and build relationships that help us work out some of these issues together. The reason you're in this process, you need the right people. I was talking to somebody recently and they said, man, I got all this stuff going on in my life. And I said, are you in a small group? This was just in the last seven days. And they said, no. And I said, who's your connection? Who's your community? Who's your small group? You can be in a crowd like this and be alone. And that's, 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 that's not good. I almost said that's a shame. It's not a shame. It's just not good. That's why God never talks about you by yourself. He always calls us a family, a body, a flock, a community. They're all groups because none of us are complete without one another. So here's the questions. What's your next step? Is your next step to join a church family? To say, I'm committed. I believe in the mission and the vision and the core values of this church, I'm, I'm in, where you can belong and serve and be known and give and so on, is your next step to connect at a small group. You can do that online right now. You can do it at the hub, info hub out front. You can get connected. You need to get in a group. You can host a group. Small groups build community and right relationships. And if you start now, maybe a few weeks, a few months from now, you'll have the right relationships built where you can trust each other and you can help each other in your struggle that's real to find freedom. Or maybe your next step is water baptism. See that right there? And see that right there? Those are not koi ponds with fish in them. <laughs> they are baptismal tanks filled with warm water waiting for you. 
Now, let me explain a couple things about water baptism. When God's people left Egypt on their way to freedom, they came to the Red Sea and the waters parted and they walked across on dry ground. And once they were across, their past couple things happened. The water, you know, closed behind them, right? They went across, the water closed. Paul explains what took place in that crossing. When they got across the water, in 1 Corinthians, he explains the type of baptism that God's people in the Old Testament literally walked through. He said the Red Sea was a type of their baptism. When they got on the other side, their past was cut off so they couldn't go back to Egypt. That's a good place to say, amen, thank you, Jesus. It's a spiritual act, a baptism. I'm burying the old Danny Green. Like, I'm still the same Danny, but I ain't going to be the old Danny anymore. I'm cutting my past off. I can't go back. I can't walk back across the Red Sea. The waters have come back together. And the second thing that it signified was that the enemy, Pharaoh's army that was hounding their trail, was destroyed in those waters of baptism. There's some things you've been dealing with that when you go, come on, that's a good thing. When you go down in baptism, in the name of Jesus and the authority of the word of God, there's some spiritual things that start to happen in your life. Now, before water baptism, there is a decision you need to make. And that decision is you need to know Jesus as the Lord of your life. You need to accept him as your savior. The Bible just simply says, Pray a prayer, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Repent of your sins, I'm sorry. I receive you, Jesus, as Lord of my life. And I'm gonna pray that prayer right now, right now. And then we're gonna talk a little bit more about baptism. Because before we talk to you about baptism, you need to make sure you're ready to meet Jesus. You need to receive salvation, that free gift. So you can begin doing the works of your salvation. Not what gets you saved, but the work to show that God is working in your life and you're overcoming the stuff that the flesh and the mind want to lead you into. So I want you to pray with me all across this room, everybody right now. And if it's your first time, if you're online watching, if you're driving, keep your eyes open. But if you're in this room right now and you want to receive Jesus into your life, let's just settle that once and for all. Would you pray with me right now? Say this with me. Say, dear Jesus... Forgive me of my sin. Take away my past. I believe you died on the cross, were buried in a grave, and rose again. And today I accept you as Lord and leader of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) Go back to those notes in baptism, all right? Keep going, keep going. I'm talking to my team right now. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. All right, there we are. My team didn't know I was going to pray that prayer right there, so they, they took my notes and went off everywhere with them. So, all right, scroll up a little bit. How you like that in church? Scroll up a little bit, up a little bit. No, the other way. That's down. There you go. There you go. Keep going, keep going. Everybody's saying, I could look at my notes, but I just want to look at it right. I just think this is fun. I'm teaching new people. Come on, scroll up, up, up. There you go. Everybody give them a hand right now. My media team, that's awesome. <laughs> you don't think we do all this by ourselves, do you? This is a team effort. Pastor Jared talked about it. None of this happens by accident. We got teams working all over this building and you have a gift and you need to be using it on your team. 
You know, man, there's so much that happens to help people get saved. And this team and that team right there just helped a whole bunch of people get saved. Now, when you get water baptized, your past is cut off. Water baptism buries your old nature and cuts off your past. And it's the first step in defeating the enemy who's been hounding your trail. And it declares publicly your new relationships and your new associations. So right here, my wife will tell you, and she, she doesn't have any rings on today. She's got some, some irritation on her fingers and got this stuff going on. So she's driving to church today. She goes, I don't have, I don't have any rings on. She said it like three times. I'm like, but you have to know Janet. She wants rings on like one, two, four, seven, eight, ten. And you got to have this ring. And then another one comes over that, that I don't know what all that means. I don't get it. But they got to have this ring that covers that ring and the other one. And that goes with, if you know, ladies, what she's talking about, say, yeah. Okay. See, see guys, we didn't know, but they know I have a wedding band. This wedding band doesn't make a marriage. but it declares I'm committed. You got that? Being baptized doesn't finish the work. It just means I'm committed to work on the work. I'm in. I'm following Jesus. And today is your opportunity, yours, yours, your, your opportunity. Acts chapter two, let me read two verses to you. Those who accepted Jesus' message were baptized on the spot. Everybody say on the spot. 3,000 that day were added. Did you know 27 times in the New Testament, especially in the book of Acts, people heard the word of Jesus, heard the sermon, got baptized right then, 27 times. Acts chapter eight, another verse. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch who was riding on the chariot said, look, where here's water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave the orders to stop the chariot. Whoa. Then Philip and the eunuch went down and they got in the water and they were baptized. He baptized the eunuch. Now this guy riding in the chariot, this Ethiopian eunuch had the question right. He wasn't asking, why should I be baptized? He was asking, why shouldn't I be baptized? Which is my question for you right now, right now, your question. If you're in a car and you're in driving, can get in a car and be here within 15 minutes, you're within driving distance of Skybreak, get in your car right now. Why wouldn't you be baptized? If you're in this room, why wouldn't you? Now, now stay with me. I know some of you are saying, but I, Pastor, I just, you know, I'm really spiritual. I just need to pray about being baptized. No, you don't. No, you don't. Sorry, you don't. It's a commandment. You don't pray about a commandment. Jesus commanded them to be baptized. As a pastor, I'm saying, be baptized. Okay, so that settles that. Prayer's done. All right. You may say, well, I'm not prepared. I got my white jacket on. I got my white tennis on. I'm not ready. You say, I'm not, I didn't bring any clothes to be baptized. Well, guess what? We've taken care of all that. We, we got all of it. In fact, Kendra, where's she at? Is Kendra, come on, Kendra, and Destiny, come on. Where's Destiny? Is she close by? Destiny, where are you? Destiny, hey, come on up here. Holy cow, this is fantastic. Now, come on, let's help her up here. This is absolutely fantastic. My hand's cold, but my heart's warm, okay? Come on over here with Miss Kendra. Do we have our bag of goodies? Where's that at, John? Show me. So, we have a volunteer. This is Destiny. Can I get a bag of the clothes and everything, please? 
she's going to be baptized today. For real. It's not like it's. But Destiny Sauceda has, she's made a decision. She's serving the Lord and, and her mom and sweet dad who's in heaven are watching down on us today. And, and it's, it's a special thing. She's going to be baptized to show all of us what to expect. And we have, a, we have that bag yet. Come on, hurry, hurry, hurry. Kendra, show me what all's in here. Do we know what all we got in here? Can we do that? Here, you hold the bag. This, team, this is a team effort. What's that, everybody? Shorts. Come on. Come on. Yes. Shirt. This is for a child, clearly. <laughs> this is the kind of shirt the uh, trainers at the gym wear. Here, right. Sorry, just had to put that in. And, and we have is. everything. And we put all your stuff secure in a nice place so that security's watching it. We have everything you need to be baptized. And you can, we got hair products. We got all that stuff, hair dry, all that stuff. You go back, you get dressed, put your clothes back on, and you can go home. We got everything you need. You're protected. And Destiny is going to be water baptized today in just a couple of minutes. We're going to baptize her, and we're going to show you what to expect. Y'all go get ready, and then we're going to talk her story when we get in there. All right? Now, so you say, I don't have anything. We got it. You may say, I have kids I need to pick up in kids ministry. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, you need to pick them up, but your kids have been taken care of. Our volunteers, our team is ready. They're waiting. They're hanging out. They're like, don't worry about it. You want to get baptized? We got your kids covered. We got them. We got it. Okay, let's go to the next one. You say, but my friends and family, they're not all here to see it. It's okay. Got it. Everybody say, got it. We got photographers lined up at every tank. We can baptize. We're going to take pictures. We got, you can post it on Facebook. We got it. We got it. Everybody say, we got it. We got it. Okay, I got another one for you. Here's another reason some people say. They say, well, I was, I was baptized as a child. Everybody say, that's great. Now, listen to me. Be, listen carefully. The Bible describes what you just talked about as baby dedication. Your parents or whoever took you to be baptized as a child had the right intentions. Baptism, however, in the Bible is always a personal choice when a person comes of age. If you see where they actually baptize people in scripture, y'all listen to me, very important. That person made a choice. An infant the example in scripture, Jesus was dedicated. We dedicate our children to the Lord. On Mother's Day, we're going to dedicate our babies to Jesus. Those of you who want us to do that. That's biblical. But water baptism is a choice. After I've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, I'm now going public with my faith. Well, obviously a child can't, baby can't do that. So here's what I'm asking you today. Follow through with the intentions of your parents or whomever made the decision for you to be baptized and be baptized of your own choice right here, right now, today. Now let's take a couple of moments and we got Destiny in the tank, Pastor Nathan and Mikado. Kendra, I want her to read her story right now. She asked that I read it for her. Thank you. Growing up, I was raised around a gang life. I've been through and seen so much along the way. I was around a toxic environment that led me to running away, being around the wrong people, drinking my problems away, having suicidal thoughts, closing the world out, and so much more. All I have ever wanted 
was love and comfort. I chose to find that through the wrong people. For the longest time, I felt ashamed, disgusted, and unwanted. May 15th, 2021, I lost one of the most important people in my life, my dad. Y'all know him as Adam Sauceda. He was my backbone, my rock, the one who picked me up when I couldn't pick myself up. The love that my dad had for Christ was amazing. He talked about heaven so much and how he couldn't wait to go through those golden gates. A day before I watched my dad take his last breath, he told me that he wanted me to not give up, to keep pushing through, to make something of myself, and to build a relationship with God. For a long time, I was lost, afraid, hurt, depressed, lonely, and wasn't sure what my purpose was. It was either continue to suffer or put God first and let him take the will of my life. After holding back for so long, I chose to not let the enemy win me over. Fear is a liar, and it's time to let the Lord lead the way. <laughs> my identity is secure in the conviction that I am a daughter of the King. By the grace of God, I had the courage to face the heartache and the strength to overcome the pain. I believe that God's timing is everything. 2022 is my year to let go of the old and have a fresh start to guide those who are lost, to be the woman that my younger siblings can look up to, prepare myself for the amazing wife that one day my future family will admire. I'm ready to let the baggage go. I'm ready to go all in with God leading the way. So we're gonna pray over her right now and we're gonna baptize her, Pastor Nathan. Bless you, Moses, all of you. God bless you.